If you're a father, please stand up. We'd like to bless you. If you can extend your hands towards him, keep standing if you can. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, thank you for those amazing fathers, spiritual father, physical father. We just bless them right now in Jesus' name. And thank you so much, Lord, for what they're bringing to this church, to their children, to their spiritual children. And we just bless them. We just pray for increase in their life right now in Jesus' name, that the Holy Spirit is just going to fill them up like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. So we missed you guys last week. We were in the Caribbean. We went to, Domin Whoa. Went to Dominican Republic. We had a really good time. It was really beautiful. Uh, got sunburned, so this was not fun. But well, we had a really good time. We're happy to be back with you. We missed you. And I have a little prior request. Um, so Monday I'm doing Daniel's funeral. Uh, I've never been to a funeral in the United States, and I've never done a funeral in my life, so please keep me in your prayer. Uh, this is definitely going to be a challenge for me, so please definitely pray for me. So today I want to speak about fear. Can you say with me, fear is not my friend? Fear is not my friend. Amen. So before we go in 2 Kings chapter 6, uh, verse 14 to 17, I want to read, uh, I just want to explain a bit the context. The, pardon me if I don't pronounce the names really well. The Arameans were in, in a war against the Israelites, and the king of Aram was like planning, bat getting battle plans to kill the Israelites. And the prophet Elisha was getting words of knowledge, visions of what was going on, and he was letting know the king of Israel, you should not go over there, you should not go over there, because they're this is where they're going to attack you. And the king of Aram was getting upset. That's really what the Bible says. He was upset because he was like, all oh, my plans are falling through. What is going on? He was thinking someone betrayed me in my team, and he's letting the people of Israel know what I want to do to kill them. Until someone tells him, it's the prophet Elisha. He knows everything you says, even the things when you're by yourself in your bedroom. God is telling him, and that's why we can't kill the Israelites. So this is really powerful, right? And so let's read chapter 13. I need a volunteer, or if you do not volunteer... You're going to be John. John will volunteer. Can you please read this for me? Okay. So he said, go and see where he lives, where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the men of God rose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with, are with them. 
And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Thank you, John. It's a bit of a struggle sometimes to read the Bible in English, so that's why I need always a little volunteer next to me. So it's really a powerful story, right? And I'm sure we've experienced maybe not as intense fear than having an all army coming against us to kill you, but I'm sure we've all had faced a moment in our lives where you were like really, really scared until God opened your eyes about the situation and says, hey, I have your back. I'm behind you. There's a bigger army with you than what is coming towards you. Who has experienced this before? Yeah, I'm not by myself. That's good. So what this passage is showing us is that Elisha was seeing more than what was going on. There was a physical army in front of him, but there was a spiritual army behind him. And he was seeing more than what was going on. And their servant, him, was seeing nothing and was getting overwhelmed by fear. And this is often the plan of the enemy. He's trying to scare you, to make you think you're going to die. You're not going to get victory. You're not going to succeed. But God is telling you, I have your back. I have victory for you. You, got, you have hope because I have a big army behind you. So if we can have the chapter, John 8, verse 44, please. So I'll, I'll start from, He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. So this is the devil. He is the father of lie. He's a murderer. And this is exactly what he wants to do in all of you. He wants to lie to you about who God is, about who you are, that that way he can kill you. That's it. That's what's going on. And this is how the enemy is keeping us away from our destiny by lying to you, Lying, telling you, you can't do this, you can't do this. You're dreaming about being a missionary. You're dreaming about having this great job, but you can't. You're going to fail. You're going to die. He even tried it on Jesus by tempting him in the desert, saying, if you are a son of God, like trying to trick him. Oh, if you are, that means you, you're maybe not, Right? So let's, I have just like a side note. Some Christians think the devil can't speak to them. But just remember that he spoke to Jesus. So he can definitely do it with you. And in the Bible, there's a lot of passages like this. Like uh, I believe in 1 Samuel, Goliath was scaring the people, the Israelites. They were all freaking out like, we're all going to be slaves if he kills our champion until David rises and says, I'm going to do it. 
I'm going to take him down because God's with me. The, the Bible doesn't say that David was seeing the same thing than Elisha, like a spiritual army. But me, I believe, he was seeing a perspective of God that all the other ones were missing. And same with uh, Moses. He sent 12 guys to the promised land. 10 came back overwhelmed by fear. And two guys, at God's perspective, we can do this. And God is telling you this morning, you can do it. Whatever it is, you can do it. I like this quote that says, Fear has two meetings. Number one, forget everything and run away. Or number two, face everything and rise. Say with me, rise. And I have a question for you this morning. What are you going to do? Are you going to run away or are you going to rise? Amen. That's good. I've noticed that if we look too long at the fear that the enemy is putting in front of us, hope goes down, worry comes in, discouragement comes in. So keep your eyes on Jesus. Oftentimes we don't dream the dreams of God because we get stuck at the question of fear. How is this going to happen? Why if I get killed in the process? Why if I'm losing all my money? If God would not do this, that means I can't. And we always get stuck by the question that fear puts in our life. Does it speak to anyone here? God wants you to birth the dreams that he put inside of you, but the enemy wants to avoid them. Don't let fear, no, sorry. Don't let your fear of what could happen make nothing happen. The fears we don't face becomes, become our limits. And I have a story. Um, I'll explain a bit later more details, but uh, my wife and I, we love traveling. That's almost all the time on our minds. If you're around us, we always always talk about traveling. Um, we want to go there. We want to do this. We've been here. We've been there. And one day we were doing a hitchhiking trip through Europe, and we were on the side of the road trying to get to Spain. And a couple of cars pick us up on the side of the road. Where are you guys going? And we're like, we're going to Spain. And they were like, wow, this is really dangerous over there. People are crazy. And we were like, oh, really? And like, I believe it were like three or four cars that picked us up before we went into Spain, like telling us, I don't think you, sh you guys should hitchhike over there or sleep in the tent over there. It's really dangerous. And I was like getting a bit nervous, but I was like, man, I really want to go. So am I going to let this stop me? And the last car that picked us up, this guy's like, oh, yeah, when I, uh, I own a boat in Spain, but when I go over there, I sleep with my shotgun because people are crazy. And I was like, wow. And I didn't talk to my wife, but in my head, I was like, man, should we, should we just not go? And I finally made, made, made my decision, and I was like, man, I'm going to go. I want to I see. I want to travel. This is my dream. I, I'm going to do it. And we went to Spain, and we had the time of our life, hitchhiking on the side of the road. It was a bit difficult, I have to be honest, but God protected us, 
and we had a fun trip. We visited so many cities, but fear always is your limit. You're scared to go pray for people, but you're maybe just that close from a humongous breakthrough for them. So don't let fear keep you away from what God has for you. We have a little video. Uh, I saw it on Facebook a little while ago. Uh, I'm not crazy about Will Smith, but he gave a speech about fear. And I thought it was really cool. And it's only like three minutes long. So if we can just look at it really quick. If, there's, if there was one uh, concept that I would um, suggest to people to take a daily confrontation with is fear. Um, the, the, the problem with fear is that it lies. For me, the, the daily confrontation um, with, with fear has become a real practice for me since about three, three years ago, um, I, went, uh, I went skydiving. So then that night you're laying in your bed and you just keep, (laughs) and you're terrified. You keep imagining over and over again jumping out of an airplane and you can't figure out why you would do that. So you get there and then you have this safety brief and you're standing there and the guys will tell you, well, if the chute doesn't open, what's going to happen is you're doing, well, why the hell, what could happen? That the chute, the chute wouldn't open, right? But everything's normal. So you fly and you go up, you go up, you go up, you go up to 14,000 feet. And you notice there's a, a, a light. It's red and it's yellow and green, right? So right now the light's red. So then you start thinking at some point the light's going to go green, but you don't know what's going to happen, right? And you wait and it goes yellow and the light goes green and somebody opens the door. And in that moment, you realize you've never been in a freaking airplane with the door open. <laughs> so terror, 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 terror. Right. So you go. And then, you know, if you're if you were smart, you sat in the back so you don't go first. Right. And then people start going out of the airplane and you go and the guy walks you up to the end of the thing and you're standing and your toes are on the edge and you're looking out down to death (laughs) and they say on three and they say one two and he pushes you on two because people grab on three right (laughs) (laughs) right and you go and you fall out of the airplane and in one second you realize that it's the most blissful experience of your life. You're flying. There's zero fear. You realize that the point of maximum danger is the point of minimum fear. It's bliss. It's bliss. The the lesson for me was, why were you scared in your bed the night before? Why did you, what do you need that fear for? Just don't go. Why are you scared in your bed 16 hours before you jump? Why are you scared in the car? Why could you not enjoy breakfast? What, 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 what did you need that? The fear is fear of what? You're nowhere even near the airplane. Everything up to the stepping out, there's actually no reason to be scared. It only just ruins your day. You're, you don't have to jump. And then in that moment, all of a sudden, where you should be terrified is the most blissful experience of your life. And 
God placed the best things in life on the other side of terror. On the other side of your maximum fear are all of the best things in life. I thought it was really powerful. He's talking about skydiving. Maybe it doesn't apply to you because you don't want to do it. But I was praying and God was showing me some people here, maybe you have like business idea, but you need to take a risk and it's scaring you. But the Lord is telling you like, just go ahead. Don't listen to fear. I don't know which area of your life you have fears in, but don't listen to fear. Do not partner with fear. Do not agree with fear. So my point number one is, it is important that we do not confuse the facts with the truth. In the story of Elisha and the servant, the facts were showing there's people that are coming to kill you. But the truth was, God is bigger than those killers. God is big, right? I found a quote the other day. It was really powerful. Only God can turn a mess into a message, a test into a testimony, a trial into a triumph, a victim into a victory. I don't know what mess you have. I don't know what test you're going through. But God is bigger than this. So for example, of the fact not being always the truth. Like I said earlier, I love traveling. And we just got married. We, we were students. None of them, not none of them, none of us were working with my wife. And I was looking for a job and I was struggling finding a job. And one day I was like, man, I want to travel. I'm looking at my bank account, $100, $200, something like this. And I was like, uh, there is no way I can travel because I'm sure you all know if you want to travel, plane tickets cost money, you need to buy hotel rooms, you need to buy food. So the fact of the possibility that I can travel were pretty bad. And I have so many testimonies about God telling me, you can do it. Are you going to let the facts in your life being bigger than me? Do you think that I'm not bigger than those $200 that you have on your bank account? And we have like been blessed traveling-wise. Like people has offer us plane tickets to go to Asia, to Central America, and we never asked anything. They were just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to invite you over here. I'm going to invite you over there. God is bigger than this. You just need to say yes. Say yes. <laughs> One cool testimony um, was for our first year anniversary. Um, we were in Spain. And so we were hitchhiking, sleeping on the side of the road with our little tent. And we were like, man, this is our anniversary. We don't have money, but we need like to treat ourselves well. So we found like a fancy hotel. And we were like, man, this is going to be expensive, but let's, let's do it. So we come in. People are really nice. And every time you go to a hotel, you pay before you sleep in the hotel, right? 
And this guy is like, no, actually, you're going to pay tomorrow. And we're like, okay, no problem. So we went to bed, really nice bed, really beautiful bathroom, amazing. And every time we were like, man, we're going to have to pay tomorrow. It's going to be bad. And we wake up in the morning. There's no one, no one in the hotel. We're like sitting there like, I mean, like, we're not going to leave without paying. And we have the key. And we're waiting half an hour, one hour. And we're like, man, we need to go. So we're calling hotel in case someone picks up. We're, like, we're not going to steal the money. So I'm just like, all right, I'm going to leave the key in the mailbox with my phone number that I can pay online or something. Like I'm not going to steal money. We put the key with our phone number, and we left. And they never called us. <laughs> I was just like, God, what a blessing. We had a free night in a beautiful hotel. That made me excited. <laughs> the truth is what God says about a situation or condition. This overrides the facts. What God says overrides everything. The facts in your life should never have the final word. You should always consult God and his perspective about a situation to guide you. His prognosis is more valuable than your facts. And Bill Johnson said a quote that I really like. It says, any thoughts that does not inspire hope is rooted in a lie. It's really strong, right? If you have thoughts where you don't see victory, you don't see hope, you have a blind spot because this is not what God has for you. So just look at your life. If you don't see hope, you might have a blind spot. Say with me, the truth is God is bigger than the facts in front of me. The truth is God has my back. Amen. So point number two, I'm going to go a little bit deeper in the fear. I'm not going to be talking about those little fears like I'm scared of snakes. I'm going to go like a little bit deeper. I'm sure you guys all know this Bible verse, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So the Apostle Paul here is telling you, fear was not given from God. So it's not from God. And he calls fear a spirit. Say it with me, spirit. I had a time in my life, um, I was really young, and sometimes people think like, it's because you were young that you had this trauma, but it wasn't. So I went through really, really difficult times. I, think, I believe I was like 10 or 11 years old. I was tormented by panic attacks. At night, I could never go to bed by myself. I had to sleep with my mom or my sister or with someone. I was not able to sleep 
by myself. I was scared something was going to come and get me. I was just freaking out the whole time. But it was like I was getting anxious every night, like maybe four hours before going to bed. It was already tormenting me in my brain. Man, you're going to have to go to bed. And I was like freaking scared. It was really, really scary. And it took me a little while to figure it out that fear is not always coming from you. Fear is a spirit that comes against you. Right? And I wanted to end a bit earlier today because we have the little picnic and we have to put the tables away and I wanted to pray for some specific things today. Um... I feel like there was some people you've been dealing with panic attacks. Like the enemy is like after you and you think it's you. You think like, oh, I don't, I'm scared of going over there. I'm scared of whatever it is. But it's tormenting you, not like once in a great while. It's tormenting you a lot. Like it never gets out of your mind. So I really wanted to pray for that. If you have fear, attacks, anxiety, I want to pray for you at the end. If you can come up to the front towards the end, it will be okay. Here she is. I was going to ask. And I want to pray for you guys what Elisha prayed over his servant. I believe it was really powerful. So if you can guys stand up and put your, your hand on your heart. And I'm praying this for you, what Elisha said to his servant. Oh, Lord, open their eyes and let them see. Holy Spirit, open their eyes and let them see that you have their backs. That you're with them at the scariest moment of their life. In their project, in their future, in their destiny. And in Jesus' name... Fear is not going to hold you back. In Jesus' name, you're going to see what God has for you. And God is stronger than your biggest fear. I want to pray courage over you right now in Jesus' name. I just release courage over you right now. In Jesus' name, I pray for boldness and courage. That you will pray for the sick. That you will raise the dead. That you will be able to not be scared anymore of talking in public or dancing in public or whatever it is that is keeping you away to get closer from God I'll just break that off right now in Jesus name Jesus loves you so much that he doesn't want you to stay stuck and the Lord right now is giving me a picture of someone is feeling trapped in a little cage in a box and you feel like you cannot move your arms freely. You cannot move your legs freely because you're scared of what people are thinking about you. I'll break that off right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just see like the Holy Spirit is falling on some of you right now. I just see like lights falling on your heads right now. Just keep 
looking at the Lord right now. Just close your eyes and receive from Him right now in Jesus' name. Hmm. More, Lord. I see right now there is an older lady. No offense. Um, you've been scared of something since you were like seven or eight years old and you cannot overcome this. Right now, if that makes sense to some of you, I want you to put your hand in your head. And in Jesus' name, I break that off. That fear that has been scaring you since you were a little girl, I break that off in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, open their eyes. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fears. Increase of faith going on in the room. There is an increase of faith going on right now. Just receive it. I'm gonna have more faith than ever before. like you've been having panic attacks anxiety in your life that has been like putting you down a lot I want you to come up to the front and I'll, I'll pray for you and for the other ones we can like start helping out pushing everything away and we'll go to this beautiful picnic yeah thank you Lord 